All right. Now, you, I don't have to give you a lecture on what's going on in real estate in Toronto. Uh, I believe that we've now gone from a million for an average home to a million one. I hear that we're uh, out in you know out in areas far away in the Golden Horseshoe, far away as uh, Grimsby, far away as uh, I guess Brooklyn around the other side, that kind of thing. And we're looking at seven to eight hundred thousand for an average home. And uh, what I'm interested in is sales and prices. Sales are double. Uh, prices are huge. Bit, bit, uh, multiple bidding is uh, rampant, and market conditions generally are moving outside of Toronto. So, uh, the, in the same way, we're sustaining them in Toronto. So, I'm thinking Niagara and north of Barrie and uh, Brooklyn, and even as far away as places like Belleville and that place I lived for ten years, Niagara on the Lake. They've got subdivisions all over the place, and that's never what Niagara on the Lake was meant for. But that's what they've got. I think we're finally seeing the, the uh, almost what I would call a coming together or a joining of that entire area called the, Go- the Golden Horseshoe, even the greater Golden Horseshoe. And the big questions that I have on my mind are, can young people ever buy a house without leaving the greater Golden Horseshoe altogether? We used to say, well, you know, you won't be able to live in Mississauga or Thornhill or Richmond Hill or Vaughan or any of those places. You'll have to move to Aurora. You'll have to move to to uh, Grimsby, you'll have to move maybe to uh, the f- further reaches of uh, of Markham or Scarborough, and then you'll be able to afford it. I'm not so sure that's true. So joining me to help with uh, decoding a bit of this is Phil Soper. He's president and CEO of Royal LePage. Hi, Phil. Hey, great to be on. Great to have you on. You heard my, my little opening. Let's try to get to the big question. Are people who are trying to put the bucks together, and then let's say they've saved three hundred thousand dollars, four hundred thousand dollars, but they're not. If they've done that, they can certainly go out and and put down a great down payment, uh, or even buy a tiny condo. We're not talking about that. Buying a home, can you do that with that kind of a down payment anywhere near Toronto? Oh, at, you know, absolutely. Even uh, a not insured one. Right, where you don't use a Sagen or a CMHC mortgage, 300, you need 20% down. So you take five times three, that's 1.5 million. That's a, that's a lot of house. The, if, if, you want to, if you want to pay for half your house, you'd have to go uh, farther afield. Uh, if you look at our, the, the pricing at the end of the first quarter, most of the near GTA um, regions have now reached up over $600,000, and you'd have to go farther afield. Let's, let me stop you right there. When you say near GTA, let's just uh, get definition in terms the same. What's near GTA to you? Uh, say Guelph. Guelph, a, a two-story home, detached two-story home, finished the quarter at 700000 706000 Okay, so if that couple with three hundred thousand dollars can afford a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage, and I suspect if they save three, three they yeah. probably can, then you could live in Guelph. Absolutely, yeah, it'd be more challenging to live in uh, Toronto proper, where you're looking at one point four four million for a an average two story detached home in the city of Toronto. So it really depends where you're looking at. And home prices are up year over year. They're up, you know, depending on where you're talking about, from 10 to 20, 
25%. So it was But they're up so they're they're up big time in areas. You take Kitchener as an example, down the road from Guelph. There are multiple bids going on there all the time. I'm hearing same thing in Grimsby. Same thing to the uh to the uh north of us in areas across Aurora, Newmarket, uh, East Gwillimbury, and, and take it further over to the, uh, the east into northern Markham. Multiple bidding wars and big prices, yes? What we've seen is if you take urban, suburban, and rural uh, properties in the country, the farther you away from the city since the beginning of the pandemic, the more uh, unbalanced the market are, the more buyers they are there are relative to the number of homes for sale so take cottage country for example it's the most extreme we're a very urban nation we're very concentrated in big cities you get even a small percentage of a city like toronto interested in living in the country living in cottage cottage country. i hear people are running for the hills phil so what i'm getting at is if the prices are are one in the city, they may be 1.5 rising, not absolute, in the suburbs, and then you go to the countries, you're into two. So the farther away we've, we've, we get from the cities in 2020, the more, the more unbalanced the markets are. The cities are actually in relatively good shape right now in terms of uh, the supply of homes relative to the demand for those homes. So what you're saying is that the the 400,000 new immigrants that our leader wants to bring in should live in Toronto? Because I doubt they can afford that. The, um, the GTA, the Golden Horseshoe, uh, accepts the largest number of new Canadians, yes. Yes. But the biggest impact on, uh, on the real estate market is in less populated uh, parts of the country. If you look at, look at Saskatchewan or Manitoba, New Canadians, and I mean people who have been here uh, for a decade or less, not someone who's been here 60 years as an immigrant. Uh, new Canadians can make up 40% of all housing transactions. That is uh, a pretty amazing thing to look at. So if you're, if you're advising, which is your business, if you're advising somebody who is, let's pick a number, a 40-year-old guy, a 35-year-old uh, partner, let's just say woman, We'll, we'll keep it uh, traditional that way. They, they've decided they want to um, have children, they want a backyard, they want a dog. So the way the picture of the family used to look 25 years ago still does in large extent. Um, and they have 200,000 bucks put away or they have an apartment that has $200,000 worth of equity. What do you advise? Uh, 2020 was a, a huge year for young buyers, if that's what you're focused on. In the, and I'll go a little bit younger than your, your okay. uh, 40-year-old. I'll go 25 to 35. We saw the homeownership rate in 2020 climb to 50%. And we saw a full 25% of those 25 to 35-year-olds buy in a seven-month period in 2020. So the combination of the lowest interest rates in history, a lack of competition, in 2020, not in 2021, in 2020, brought a huge upswing in homeownership rates for young Canadians. And where did they buy? Where's the preponderance of that group going? Uh, the the first-time buyers predominantly bought in the city. 
and what and who they bought from was investors who uh, saw their tenants disappear. Who were those tenants? They might have been domestic students who found themselves uh, uh, taking online classes and moved home. We are the third most important country in the world for foreign students who come to our universities. We have 830,000 typically. The borders closed. All those uh, tenants disappeared. And immigration, you talked about immigration with the borders closed. We missed our target by by more than 50% in 2020. So all those investors who owned properties found their rents dropping and they sold to young people. Well, and, so the young uh, people, that's, this is actually the surprise of this interview. The young people got lucky because the people who were throwing money at, probably offshore money, I would think, um, the people who were throwing money at stuff, at um, investments in property because I guess they wanted Airbnb or maybe just park the money somewhere till it grew because things were growing at a huge rate. They sold to the younger people because they didn't want to hang on anymore, and the young people got lucky. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah. we saw a sharp increase in homeownership rates among young Canadians in 2020 and new Canadians. What did you call them? I new immigrants. Offshore, new immigrants. Money, offshore money. If the, uh, the offshore money has never amounted to more than um, marginal impact on large markets like Toronto and Vancouver. At, right. the, at the peak, it was it, it might have hit four percent of transactions, but that disappeared too, and it makes a difference uh, at the margin. All the demand. One of the things we found during the uh, pandemic is we don't need offshore money. We don't need outside of country money to have an imbalanced market. There we go. I've got to stop you there, Phil, because I know we're out of time. But, you know, um, I thought I was going to have a simple conversation about just how expensive things are. Not that they aren't. They are. But I got a real education, and so did our listeners, in who is making up the people who are picking up these these homes because they are being bought, and it doesn't look like the thing is cooling down at all. Thank you so much. You're, you're more than welcome. Phil Soper, President and CEO of Royal LePage. Peter Sherman, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.